You are listening to the Reformanda Initiative podcast, where we analyze and discuss Roman Catholic theology and practice from an evangelical perspective. My name is Clay Kennard here in the city center of Rome, and I'm joined today as usual with my brother in Christ and the associate director of the Reformanda Initiative, Reed Carr. Reed, how are you? Uh, doing well, Clay. Thanks. It's good to, good to be back after a little bit of a hiatus from uh, recording. It's been so busy. Let us get, uh, get back into it. That's good. But it's, it's been good busy. The Lord's really blessing uh, the work that he's prepared for his saints here in the city of Rome. So we're encouraged with that. And yeah, as you said, it has been a while since we've recorded a podcast. And we're glad to have our special guest with us today. It's Pastor Mickey Aquilino from Parkside Church. And he joined their staff in 1996. Uh, Pastor Mickey earned an English degree from Kent State University. He graduated from Trinity Evangelical Divinity School in 2000. He and his wife, Marilyn, have two granddaughters. Both are married to pastors, and they have seven grandchildren. Pastor Mickey, it is great to have you. Thanks for being on our episode today. Great to be here, guys. Well, the reason that we asked uh, Pastor Mickey to join us is because um, if you recall, a, a couple episodes ago, we interviewed uh, a, a young sister of Christ named Amanda Scopoliti, who at one point was a nun in a specific uh, Dominican order. And through reading uh, the letter to the Hebrews, the Lord opened her eyes and she uh, was born again. And the Lord ultimately led her to the church where Pastor Mickey uh, is on staff. And Pastor Mickey has been really instrumental in helping Amanda come out of uh, Roman Catholicism, um, confronting the questions that she has, kind of untangling and unwrapping um, the things that she had been taught in Roman Catholicism uh, as she now discovers biblical Christianity. And so uh, we were told to, that it would be really encouraging for our listeners to give them an opportunity to listen to Pastor Mickey for a couple of reasons. Uh, one is, uh, like Amanda, he's got Italian heritage. Uh, and as a result of that, he also comes from a Roman Catholic background. But Pastor Mickey also uh, has been really instrumental in helping lead and disciple a lot of former Roman Catholics as they discover uh, the gospel of grace. And so we thought it would be really interesting to have this conversation with you, Pastor Mickey. Um, and really, I guess where we could start is um, we'd like to hear a little bit of your story. Uh, as I mentioned, you came out of Roman Catholicism. So what was uh, your experience growing growing up in the Roman Catholic Church? Well, quite honestly, as a child, you don't know. Uh, you do what your parents uh, tell you to do. And uh, I can remember uh, my, my fondest recollection is being in the first grade and uh, and hearing the, uh, the, the crucifixion story for the first time and uh, it, the horribleness with which it, it struck me. I had no concept, obviously, at that age of of any theological concepts, but but the horrendousness, there is such a word, of of what they did to Jesus just struck me. And I remember the my, the nun who taught me in the first grade, who said that the perfect prayer uh, that we can pray to God is the Lord's prayer because Jesus gave it to us. That's about all I remember uh, growing up. But the reason I I note that is because it ended up being used by the Lord profoundly, I think, in my life when I was 34 years old. Uh, not, but not to jump ahead, I, I, I did go to, uh, uh, to CCD, which, is, uh, which was for people who didn't go to Catholic uh, grade schools. And so I did grow up uh, doing that kind of thing, being uh, 
initially, if you will, I used the word catechized. It wasn't that great. It was just learning of, of the beliefs. And then uh, as I became a teenager, uh, obviously uh, went my own way and on into college. And uh, quite honestly, I started life as a musician, believe it or not. I made my living as a musician. And so for the first uh, 30 years of my life, I was uh, playing in nightclubs and bars. Um, the Lord protected me. Thank you, Lord. But had no thoughts of uh, of Christianity or Catholicism or anything, though I I, I was uh, I did have those basic things that I learned as a child. Um, it, so it, it is important what we teach our children. Uh, we've we've discerned that that much in evangelicalism as well, hopefully. And and as we all know, the Catholic Church does a wonderful job in education, uh, almost too good a job in education, uh, because as people become older. As I deal with with people now who are coming out of the Catholicism, uh, they're confused by what they've been taught, and it's so profoundly in their brains because they were taught it as children. So, uh, just a just a little plug for uh, taking care of our children and and teaching them and catechizing them as best we can, uh, because it makes a difference in the years to come. Uh, but at any rate, I uh, it wasn't until thir- I was thirty four. Uh, the short version is. I was in business for myself. I, I published magazines. I published a sports magazine covering all the Cleveland uh, sports teams, the Browns, the Cavs, the Indians. Not that your listeners would, would know about them necessarily, except that they weren't very good. <laughs> but essentially, I uh, uh, came to a, a point where uh, uh, the Lord ended that. And unbeknownst to me, I didn't realize that he was at work. But of course, we that's the 2020 hindsight we have as Christians. and. Um, uh, I, I found myself in a bit of financial difficulty, and for the first time in my life, I began to pray what the nun told us, the Lord's Prayer, and I I prayed that prayer, uh, uh, and and you know about God's holiness, about it's God's will, not my will. It's God's provision, not my provision, uh, and and I just prayed this prayer continually because I was in the middle of some turmoil, and. And I was changed. Now, I tell this portion advisedly, because if you were to ask me what happened to me, I wouldn't, I did not have the vocabulary to tell you what happened. I just knew that I was different. You see, God's word never returns void. And, uh, and I, I speak this advisedly because quite often as evangelicals, we want to hear the words that we know in evangelical circles. And the Lord works in spite of our language, if you will. He's, and so uh, I was then invited to a, um, a Catholic retreat. It was called Christ Renews His Parish. I don't know if, if you've ever heard of it. It, uh, it, was, it followed the Corsillo movement, which was something in an earlier generation. But there uh, they had lay people giving talks. And what was happening is that the first talk was about conversion. And so the, this fellow got up and he talked about conversion and when he explained what it meant to be converted to Christ, I said to myself, that's what happened. I'm a Christian. That's how I knew what happened to me. And uh, it was through uh, w- these, these um, opportunities to hear believers, what was happening in the Catholic Church in America was that they were having these uh, renewals, is what they call them, and people were getting saved because they would give you a Bible and they actually read the Bible. They actually believed the Bible. Uh, they've stopped doing this, by the way, 
because uh, over the course of a, a few years, those people who were being saved through these things were leaving the Catholic Church, just as I and my family did, uh, because once the Lord opens your eyes to the truth of the scriptures and changes your heart and, and, and does the work, which I wasn't even looking for. You know, I'm not looking for Jesus. He found me. Uh, and, and so as we moved on from that uh, circumstance, uh, what we discovered is people were getting saved. I'll never forget they had a, uh, one of, an older priest was, had to be at, at all of these things. And as this is going on, this older priest in his 80s got saved. And wow. it, it, it's the power of God's word. I mean, th there's there's no other answer. The Holy Spirit and God's word, obviously. And yeah. we know this evangelically. But. Absolutely. And, and just to interrupt briefly, that's my mother's story. She grew up hmm. uh, actually going to Roman Catholic um, school. And it was in the 70s. She was mm -hmm. participating in one of the renewal activities and heard the gospel from uh, a born-again nun, actually. And uh, the Lord saved her and eventually led her out of the Roman Catholic Church. Well, your mom and I are probably alike in, in, in our uh, experiences. Exactly right. Um, and so with that, um, uh, the, the shorter version is that I was, I was seeking people who believed the Bible. I found myself in the charismatic Catholic group because while I wasn't certain about the charisms, I was certain that they believed the Bible. So once the Bible is real and you understand that, so you seek out people that are believing the Bible. And, uh, and I, I was in that group for a while, but I, I, you know, we can have that discussion if you like about the charisms, but, uh, and the giftings, but, but I realized that it was really me. It wasn't the Lord. And, uh, and I then attended something called Bible study fellowship. I don't know if you are familiar with that, but it is a, a worldwide, uh, a Bible fellowship where a group of us, uh, started attending it and, and, and that changed everything. I attended it for seven years while I was in business and then uh, planted the BSF uh, group in Cleveland and taught it for seven years, uh, which gave me opportunity to, to preach through the Bible, both Old and New Testaments. And while, uh, while I uh, was there, uh, we started attending Parkside, which is uh, where Alistair Begg is the senior pastor. Alistair comes from the UK. This BSF was started by a woman from the UK. So the way Alistair preached coincided directly with what the way it was being taught. And once we started coming to, uh, to this church, we never looked back. And so and I was on the elder board. Uh, finally, they asked me to come to the elder board, and then they asked me to become a pastor some years ago. And uh, it took me two years to say yes, because quite candidly, just honestly, uh, I like making money. Now, you're located in Cleveland, is that correct? Correct. What, what's the Roman Catholic presence in in, Cle in Cleveland? Well, Cleveland is on the Great Lakes. It's 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 part of of the um, part of the iron ore industry in the in the 40s, 50s, 60s. It's, uh, Cleveland in all of all of the uh, cities from Chicago to Cleveland to Buffalo the, around the Great Lakes are all uh, uh, um, comprised of people who've come from Europe. And uh, and so we have, if you will, in the correct use of the word ghetto, we actually have uh, communities that are all Italian, that are all Polish, that are all Lithuanian, et cetera. And so uh, historically, uh, in my generation, uh, the the Catholic presence was was great because 
all of these countries were Catholic countries. And as people would come, these, this is where the jobs were. And so this is where they would settle in their communities. And, uh, and so the Catholic presence is, is significant around this Great Lakes area and around Cleveland. So even to this day, there are uh, the, the, cat, the presence of Catholic churches and uh, are, 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 are great and their impact upon the population, even in our secular society, is, is pretty significant. Uh, so it's a place that is heavily Catholic, a Roman Catholic, and uh, uh, it is a place that uh, that the, there's no doubt in my mind that the Lord uh, did something in my generation in this area, uh, in in this renewal process, uh, and I think he's it's it's time for uh, uh, it's time for him to be at work again, please Lord, in the major cities of the world. Yeah, Mickey, I have a real quick question. Probably the most important question of all. What instrument did you play when you were making a living as a, as a musician? Okay, I'll be honest with you. I was an accordion player. Oh, yes. wow. Okay. Which is interesting. It goes back to my Italian heritage. That's good. But I, I really, I play piano. I mean, my, I'm in my living playing piano and organ. And, and, uh, and, and so really, I'd say piano. Okay. But when I go to Italy, I play the accordion. Of course, of course. Uh, jokes aside, um, you had mentioned when you attended the, this renewal retreat and your story was similar to many others that once you were exposed to, to the Bible, uh, people were starting to leave the Catholic Church. Um, and so they actually stopped doing those renewal retreats. What do you think, in your opinion, what, what was the difference that, they, that people perceived so quickly uh, that was different in what they were exposed to in both the scripture and, and in Roman Catholicism. And, and why that left. A, that's a wonderful question. That is a foundational question. Thank you for that. Once your the Holy Spirit opens your heart to the reality, the veracity of the scriptures, it's it's obvious that once you sit under the scriptures that it becomes very clear when something doesn't uh, coincide with what the scriptures teach. And I think immediately as you start to read the scriptures, of course, it takes some, some time to read. I mean, you have to read part of it. You have to read the gospel of John, or better yet, read the, the book of Romans. And, and just by reading, you can discern the differences between what the scriptures say and what the, the Catholic theology says, or at least what the practice is. Um, and uh, one of the my my kids continued to go. They were they were in grade school at the time, and they were going to Catholic schools. And one of the things that really struck me was during the month of May, and they they have the the kids walking around following a, a statue of Mary. I just absolutely physically lost it. And and uh, so okay, uh, education notwithstanding, it's time to get these kids out of here and not let them be confused. And um, uh, so the difference between what the Bible says and, and, and Catholic practice becomes obvious if you if the Holy Spirit is opening your eyes to the truth. And I, I mean, I could probably name many things, but it's essentially the, the the difference between the two is obvious once you start reading. And so part of your ministry at Parkside is is ministering to people who have come out of a Roman Catholic background. How did that get started? And tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, honestly, I am just one of the pastors here. The difference is that with my Catholic background, uh, the people with Catholic backgrounds gravitate towards me. And that's essentially how it's 
started it started out, out of the fact that it's my background and therefore uh, all the questions that they have I've already had before them and that's how it started the the fact is in our since our our area is so prolific in catholic churches that that probably half of parkside church half of our church is probably ex-catholic people who have left the catholic church so and again because it's 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 a highly italian or or highly polish or or etc uh, as as they moved out into the suburbs etc the we, they all have, at least 50% of them have Catholic backgrounds. And so it's just sort of evolved. I mean, the Lord put me here and I've, I've tried to answer the questions as they come. And it also has challenged me. And, and just by the way, as an aside, Clay, you, you told me about Greg's book. And it has been, it has been what I've been looking for. And I want to thank you for that. The intro alone is worth, you know, the time spent. In, in understanding the, because you can never understand how Catholic theology holds together. I could never understand that. And it has opened my eyes to the, to, to, to what it is that uh, holds the theology, uh, the theology together. Well, that's, so thank you for that. No, that's very encouraging. In fact, uh, for those that are curious what book uh, Pastor Mickey is talking about, that's Greg Allison's Roman Catholic Theology and Evangelical Perspective, available on Amazon. It's on paperback or Kindle. I'm very encouraged that that's been helpful for you. You, you said maybe 50% of your church members come from Roman Catholicism. That was their previous background. In your experience, what are the recurring reasons people have left the Roman Catholic Church in your area? Again, I think it is the the lack of, of answers. You know, I could give you the theological answer. You know, the God-shaped vacuum was never filled until you meet Jesus. But and we know that theologically. But but the answer is really that's the answer. That that the once you start seeking answers, uh, and it seems to me that this happens as people have as young people have children, and you may have experienced this as well. Now all of a sudden, your life takes on a different meaning. You have you have children to be responsible for, and you start asking questions that you didn't really even ask before you had children. That seems to be what happens. Uh, and I must admit to you that I'm at a church that has a profound influence, not only in the United States, but around the world because of our pastor. And he has a uh, uh, presence on the radio here, which is a little bit different than in Europe, but his internet presence is is, is immense as well. And so that we have people that will will hear him or will come to the church and just as I did when I first came and with, with the, the clarity of the gospel, the clarity of the word being preached is just so profoundly different than, than going to a Catholic mass. And I think it is the, the true answer is that God is unsettling people. <laughs> That's the true answer and, and unsettling them by <clears throat> having them ask the questions, you know, why am I here with the, the three, right? The, the, why am I here? Where am I going? And, and what purpose do I have? And as the as those questions are coming to their minds, they're seeking answers, and they're not finding it in religion. By the way, they're not finding it in any other religion either. Uh, and now, of course, we have the religion of secularism that's taken over, and they're going to discover that th- there's no answers there either. But it really is uh, is the I think the unsettledness of of the emptiness of externalism versus the reality of a relationship. The difference between religion and relationship is immense. It's the difference between uh, people being actually in Christ 
or knowing about Christ. And knowing about Christ is never a satisfying. All it is is frustrating. We're back to Galatians and, and the law uh, being our schoolmaster. And I think people are experiencing this. And, and uh, I wouldn't say it's, it's, it's anything that, that we do. It's what God is doing. And, and we have to be prepared to give an account for the hope we have. And, and that's what we try to do. So uh, I, I really, it's, 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 we preach the word in season and out of season, and the Lord has been using it. Uh, we can't take any credit for that. Mickey, you mentioned uh, and made clear that you know, people are coming, have questions, seeking answers. Uh, people coming from Roman Catholic backgrounds are naturally gravitate towards you for obvious reasons that you come from a similar background. You mentioned these three big questions that you know everyone has a uh, desire to be answered. The where am I going? Where do I come from? What's my purpose? Are there any? Or would these kind of would those be the main questions that you uh, get asked that they're not finding answers to? Are there any uh, other questions that you see recurring on a regular basis that have a more of a, a, a Roman Catholic uh, flavor to them? Yeah. Uh, Justice. Just yesterday, I was teaching um, uh, a group. I, it started out as an evangelistic Bible study for businessmen. Obviously, I was in business for half of my life, and so I, I gravitate towards businessmen. And and, and we do this Bible. I do this Bible study in the city center, where there's it, it, we go to a, a secular place, so there's no and and people will invite their friends there. So. Uh, now we're on Zoom because of the COVID uh, restrictions. But just yesterday, I, I was preaching in, in Acts. We're teaching in Acts. And uh, uh, I thought the main point was going to be that God's uh, uh, providential uh, uh, and sovereignty in, in, in the death of Christ. And yet uh, the, the responsibility of, of, of man in, in Acts 4, as Peter is preaching. And I thought that was going to be the main main topic. But one of the fellows stopped me in my tracks and says, can you just tell me why people are praying to Mary and why people pray to the saints? In other words, these questions are on their minds. And, and while they're on their minds, because when they were kids, they were taught this stuff or their wives or their spouses were taught this stuff. And, and they're trying to deal with these questions that come. I mean, what, what's, what's so different. And then of course, as Greg points out in his book, there are similarities. There are, there, as we started our conversation today, definitions are everything. And so when you use the same, you know, the, the deity of Christ, when you use the, the, the concepts of, of fully human, fully divine, and, and they overlap with Catholic theology, you go, well, then the Catholics must be right. But of course, and then how does this interplay? Why are they right there and not right here? And so we're back to the ecumenistic uh, uh, comparisons. Mm -hmm. but, but these questions are on people that have the, the Catholic uh, history. And, and these questions are on your people, for sure, if they have any Catholic background. Why is my baptism not uh, not efficacious? You know, mm -hmm. I mean, why is baptism not efficacious? Uh, you know, I'm sure your people that are baptized have a, that question. I'm sure the question of, you know, why don't we pray to the saints? After all, you know, and the typical Catholic view, you know, I can ask you to pray for me. Why can't I ask them to pray for me? And so you have, these questions are are the same questions that we all get because of the um, I I don't want to be too strong, but but quite honestly, in my estimation, the heresy that is taught alongside the truth, the the, the problem we have as uh, as people in religion is that it's not only what is being said that's important; 
That's also what is not being said that's mm-hmm. important. And we have to be very clear uh, as we teach the Bible that we are not saying some things advisedly and we make sure that we are, you know, preaching the truth. And so, so these questions, when they see the, 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 um, the incongruence between uh, and compare the congruence with the incongruence, they're trying to figure out why. Why are they right here and not right here? And then it, it, for those who are not uh, deeply theological, it just seems like, well, that's your idea. So then we have to get back to the hermeneutic and they, they don't understand hermeneutics and nor should they because, you know, but they all have one, as we know. And, and, and we also know that every human being is a theologian whether he, everyone is a systematic theologian because they're all trying to fit, everybody's trying to fit all these, these truths together. And um, so it's in the answering of the individual questions that, and people still have them. I, I mean, some of the guys in this study have been with me for 20 years and I've answered the question two and three and four and 30 times, but there's something, we're back to what's inbred in people when they're young. And again, it helped me. The Lord used it for me. For some people, it's not helpful. And so we, we are uh, fighting against an indoctrination. You know, there is an old phrase in the Catholic Church that says, give me your children till they're seven years old and they'll never leave Catholicism. And they do a pretty good job of that. The only problem is it doesn't. when you compare it to biblical theology, half of it is right and half of it isn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you know, you you guys have seen the Catholic Catechism, how it can be so right on, pay, on on one question, and the very next question can actually be the exact opposite answer. And it doesn't seem, and I could never figure that out. How could they, how could this, what holds this together? Uh, and uh, uh, Dicirio's uh, uh, work was very, very helpful in that. These people who are coming and having uh, this Roman Catholic background and are asking questions, it seems clear based on the questions that you're receiving about, you know, about Mary or why praying to the saints. They're they're very steeped in, in tradition, the Roman Catholic tradition. Is there is in your experience are they also coming to the table with uh, a pretty good knowledge of the scripture as well, or or mostly is it just mostly the tradition that they're trying to work through in light of the scripture that they're now being exposed to in a in a different setting? Was it is it mostly tradition and very little scripture or or would that be, well, what would be your, your experience in that? Okay, thank you for that. That's a good question. The, the Historically, again, my generation, total ignorance of the scripture. So it's tradition and not the scriptures. However, given what's been happening with the renewals, uh, the Catholic churches are now, I don't know if they're doing it in Italy, but here they're having Bible studies. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're, they're having Bible studies interpreted through Catholic eyes. And of course, here, I don't know what it's like there for you, but here, you know, the, any question goes to the priest. And, uh, and depending on where that man is, uh, come the answers. And so I would say in, in this younger generation, and again, in, in the current generation, that Catholics are probably more aware of Scripture. However, they don't know how to interpret the Scripture. And, uh, and they are, so the more they know scripture, the, the more confounded they are. And then when they hear the scriptures actually proclaimed and explained, it just, it just opens their eyes to the truth. But again, this is a work of God. We, uh, I mean, we, 
none of us can take uh, can, can take credit for what God does through His Word. His Word never returns void. And so, uh, the one thing I've learned, I've been a pastor for 25 years. I, I started seminary when I was 50. The one thing I've learned is nothing but the Word of God can change people. And, and so our obligation as pastors, as Christians, not pastors, as Christians, is to speak the word of God as clearly as possible. It's the word of God that does it. And, and I, I think when they hear the word of God preached, it poses these questions. And why do you think, and you may not have an answer to this question, you, you spoke about these um, men in your Bible studies that have been asking the same question for 20 years. And why do you think that is that there's, there's no breakthrough and that there's the necessity of, of asking that question over and over and over again. You know, when we, when we come to faith, we are born again. We are new creatures. We aren't fully formed creatures. We won't be fully formed creatures even for the day we die. And so uh, that's also why I go back to the idea of I want to hear, uh, I want to hear my conversion experience in evangelical terms. God is at work in people, even though they can't express it. And they still are, uh, they still have the traditions inculcated in their brains. And they, they have, they have problem with the dissonance. They have problem with the incongruity. And, and they're also pressured sometimes by their spouses or by their family members to, to be reconformed to the, to the Catholic background. I, I liken this to being Jewish in the in the first century. I mean, essentially, you, you know, you had to leave your family and everything to be a Christian. You were, you know, to use a Christian term, excommunicated as a Jew in the first century. That's actually what happens in families, at least around here, where Catholicism is still pretty strong. And... Uh, and, and so I, I, the, the, the theological answer is that the Lord, in some, in some ways, is using this to, to get them uh, to, to a point of maturity. I can't, I can't mature them. I can only give them the answers. We, we have no power to change people. We have the power to explain the gospel as best we can. And um, sometimes they ask the questions because they have to go back to their wives and give them the answer because their wives are pressuring them. Mickey, one last question before we let you go. We often one of the one of the most common questions we get is from our listeners who are trying to engage their Roman Catholic friends or family members with the gospel. And uh, what would you just in a in a brief response? Do you have anything that comes to mind as a word of encouragement to them or a word of advice that may or may not apply to to pastors, but just kind of your you know regular church member who's, who's just trying to and praying for their praying for their Roman Catholic relative or friend and, and trying to learn, know how to engage them with the gospel and what to say, maybe what not to say, or how to approach that. Uh, you had mentioned one thing before about making sure you don't try to argue them into the faith. I think that's good practical advice, but is there any, uh, is there any advice that, that comes to mind? You know, it's so individualistic. Every circumstance is different, isn't it? Uh, because you're dealing with people and you know uh, so you have to know the circumstance of the person that you're speaking to and what their circumstance is uh, for some of the, because I know the people 
I, I, I would encourage them to be bold in their proclamation, uh, knowing the circumstances. Uh, sometimes knowing the circumstances, I tell them to be examples and be prepared. Mm. I, I don't have a universal thought on this because it's so individualistic. You really have to know the person that you're dealing with and the circumstances. And this is where maturity in Christ comes to bear, I think. Um, but it's never wrong to quote the scriptures. So the biggest, I think the biggest lesson I've learned over the, over the years is instead of trying to explain and argue, uh, but to quote, to quote the scriptures. So the more memorization you have, the more scriptures you have hidden in your heart that mm-hmm. you don't sin against them, the more ability you have to let God speak, you know? Uh, and so if you have scripture memory as part of your, your education here, you can let God speak his word. And then the argument isn't between you and him, it's between them and God. Mm-hmm. And I'd say that might be the, the foundational element of how to deal with it. To, to, to know God's scripture enough to at least quote it and say, well, this is what the Lord says. Uh, you know, you'll have to deal with that. I think that's, that's foundational. Good. That's great. Thank you so much, Pastor Mickey, for joining us for uh, this podcast. It's been a real pleasure and we really appreciate the work that you're doing. We pray that the Lord would continue to bless uh, the ministry and the work that he's doing through you, through your church, and that um, there'll be more testimonies like well, like you said, 50% of your congregation uh, probably comes from a Roman Catholic background. We think of Amanda Scopoliti, um and her story. Our prayer is that uh, we would hear many more stories like that in the future. Amen. And I am so encouraged by your work there. Uh, since I have uh, my heritage from there, I, I, I'm greatly encouraged to know that you guys are there and doing the work you're doing. And uh, if there's anything I can do, we can do here. I, I really mean that, you know, be in contact. So I'm looking forward to uh, to some future time together. Great. So thank you. Thank you for having me. No, thank you so much, Pastor Mickey. For our listeners, if you want uh, fresh resources, I would encourage you to go to the Reformand Initiative website where we actually posted some content uh, over the last couple of days. There's videos where you can follow the most recent masterclass that Dr. Leonardo Di Chirico uh, had together with the Forum of Christian Leaders. In order to find that content, go to www.reformandainitiative.org. As usual, if you're not subscribed to our podcast, go ahead and do so. Please share it with your friends and leave a positive review. That's very helpful for us. And on social media, you can find us on Facebook at Reformanda Initiative and on Twitter at Reformanda Rome. So that's it for today. Until next time from Rome, God bless. God bless.